Welcome to GWC Podcast number 347, recorded October 28th, 2012. In this episode, we take a little break and run down the massive piled up pile of news that we've been looking at for a long time. But first, your hosts, three unrepentant sci-fi geeks. I'm Chuck Cage. And one day you end up a big evil, you know, crap ass. And with me, Audra Heskin. If I had a nickel for every time I got boned at the Eye of Jupiter, man. And Sean O'Hara. <laughs> I shall fart in the future. Our mission, enjoy new science fiction, fantasy, and other cool stuff every week and share the experience with you. Oh yeah, and have some fun in the process. GWC is brought to you largely by the generosity of listeners like you. It's your donations that keep us going. For more information on how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash support. And the fine folks at audible.com. Visit www.audiblepodcast.com slash watercooler for your free audiobook. Of course, we'd love to hear your opinions, too. So if you have something to say or, hey, you can introduce us to something new, don't just holler at your MP3 player. Give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229, extension 701. And leave us a voicemail for inclusion in a future show. Better yet, you can join the GWC community, a group widely recognized as the friendliest people in sci-fi, and watching, reading, and enjoying all kinds of cool stuff 24-7 over on galacticwatercooler.com, our website, blog, and forum. GWC is a spoiler-free podcast, and we define spoilers as definitive information regarding material not yet released in the United States or its country of origin. In short, if it's out, it's fair game. Welcome back, everybody. Indeed. Oh, yes. This cold... It will be mine. This cold-ass Sunday morning. Yeah, I, I can't really. Worried. Yeah, I can't really bitch about that. There's there's people going to be buried under snow tomorrow or whatever. I know. I saw on the, on the news the other night when we were at the gym. There was like all the TVs had like flashing words that were like devastating snowstorm coming toward the northeast. I heard on NPR the uh, uh, the I guess the governor of New Jersey or something was on there saying, "Okay, look, just like you, I Chris know." Christie? That they've no, maybe it was somebody else. I don't know. I mean, like I pay attention to who's the governor of New Jersey. I don't know. It was somebody from New really, Jersey. You should because New Jersey has like the most exciting governors <laughs> in the history of governorship. They they always do. There was that one guy who left his wife for a dude, and then there was uh well, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just like, let me tell you about the history of the governorship of New Jersey. It's true. Here on They're super GWC. interesting up there. Go ahead. Oh, that's okay. It's like, not nearly as interesting as... Uh, <laughs> no, that's all I got. Your history. Of- I derailed you. I've done my job. Awesome. So, uh, shall we get into some news? Let us do that. News! And uh, Galactic Water Cooler! All right, who's up? All right, you got to tell me about this this show that you put up there, Audra. Oh, yeah. Um, on Spike TV, is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I guess um, Spike TV has uh, put out, uh, or they've paid for 10 episodes of a brand new reality series called The $10 Million Bigfoot Bounty. 
And they're going to get um, teams of people together to prove Bigfoot's existence. Basically, they're saying that they think that Bigfoot probably does exist and that people just haven't been motivated enough. So it's going to be like the great race where they they use like piles of cash to get people motivated to actually prove it. <laughs> and th- it's interesting. They've got teams that are made up of like, you know, zoologists and, you know, different people with different scientific backgrounds. You know, they're not just nice. like random Sasquatch fans, but actually people who have scientific backgrounds, however dubious people might think they are, but who have dedicated their lives to proving that Bigfoot exists and they're, they're selecting these teams of people with like various skills to kind of, uh, yeah, I know some poor dude named Jeff is going to get like hosed down with LSD. They're going to put him in a bear suit, kick him out in the woods and go look, we found him. <laughs> for 10 mil. <laughs> yeah. 10 hey, mil. Look, Jeff, it's, it's a Sasquatch of the Baskervilles. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's not, yeah, that's always the issue with, with, uh, using money as the driving force. Right. I mean, it works right. to some extent. I mean, X price, for example, but you kind of get to a point sometimes where you start looking at what you do to get the money instead of solving the problem. Yeah. I think Carl Sagan had a good take on it. He was saying that, uh, the unbridled exuberance of amateurs blows professionals right out of the field uh, a lot of times. And I think this is, this may be bordering on that $10 million Bigfoot bounty sounds Sounds a little bit like unbridled exuberance to me, but that's... that's. <laughs> oh, I guess there will be some people who are not scientists. <laughs> well, zoologists, scientists, trackers, and, and then also people who have made it their lives. Jeff so, Corwin. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a British insurance company, Lloyd's of London, that's going to give the $10 million to anyone who can provide irrefutable proof <laughs> determined by a team of, quote, experts. <laughs> The judging will be presided by Jeff Irwin's ghost or Steve Irwin's ghost. Actually, that kind of thing is, uh, I, I, I was reading about that reading when I was reading about the whole Lance Armstrong thing. Oh yeah. And, uh, I yeah. guess, yeah, people were, were talking about, and, and this is kind of the, the Armstrong thing isn't as important to this as this weirdo thing. I came up like, I guess one of the people that's coming after him for a second time now, uh, is the uh, w- this insurance company and and what they do is fund these kinds of things like what you're talking about, Audra? Like this, like say you have a uh, uh, you have a very unlikely thing like that that could happen. Like you're going to give a prize out, and one of the prizes is a really big prize, but it's very unlikely that anybody will actually yeah, get that exactly. prize. The way the way they do that is they they buy the insurance for less than the full amount oh. to these companies that specialize in that sort of thing. I you never thought about this. The tax on ten million dollars, <laughs> <laughs> eleven million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, and and yeah. So uh, so then if it happens to pay out, the insurance company pays it. And I guess I guess uh, Armstrong was the beneficiary of one of those. It was like the seventh title was oh, so uncommon that, that they were like, "Well, we'll pay this big amount if he gets the second. And he did, and and they're oh, like, wow. "Uh, wait a minute." Yeah, I heard so, that they're going to go back, and they're going to be a number of like people trying to get their money back from him, and yeah, it's going to be messy. Yeah, it is. But it's funny though the uh, the official website for the TV show uh, at Spike. Um, it says the $10 million in cash underwritten by Lloyd's of London would be the, and then it's all caps, the largest cash prize in television history. I'm like, so that either says that we've got way more money than we know what to do with, or 
no one's actually going to get that money or inflation is way out of control. <laughs> yeah, you know what I it's got? Like, it's like when I went to Spain and they had that who wants to be a millionaire show version on and it was like who wants to be a you know billionaire but it turned out to be like worth you know like a thousand bucks. <laughs> who wants dinner? Here's several <laughs> trillion pesos. What is that? Uh, uh, buck fifty? New pesos? I get you a bus fare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could have that pack of gum you always wanted. Yen are like that, right? Isn't it? They just... Yeah. Yen is, is they never, seriously... Yeah, they never they really pesetas. adjusted it. It's just kind of yeah. rolls and they find that easier, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I guess... I don't know. <laughs> of course, in, in China, it's like uh, Legend of Zelda, you know, five points is worth like 50 billion. Yeah. They're like, because we say so. <laughs> Legend of Zelda, five points. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, I have some, some rather dubious news. Um, as, well, like, it, it may or may not be true. <laughs> well, it may or not. If you can beat the dubiousness of that first story, I'd be impressed. Well, it's close. It's You guys know I'm a fan of Conan. Yeah. Right. Uh, almost all iterations of it and, and everything, and even the, the latest uh, Momoa movie. Uh, apparently, uh, the governor has been asked to step into the role of Conan yet again. Uh, Are they going to do the thing where they put his head on a different oh body? Oh, God, I don't know. And it's so scary to me because, like, the, the, if you see Schwarzenegger now, now, look, I am no one to tell anybody else how fit they are, all right? It, you see me, I have chosen a shape. It is round, all right? It is, I'm not picking on anybody. But the dude is older and not, this isn't 82 anymore. So if you see him in movies now, he's still in shape and he's still a big, solid dude. But he's, like, 60. Everyone's now. seen the saggy boobs at the beach picture of Arnold. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, on the other hand, if and Arnold on the other wanted hand, to get ready for a movie... I bet you he could. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you he could. Now, normally the movie season now, he's in like the, the newest movie he's in. He's in a lot of tack gear and everything like that, and he's still bulky and built up, you know? I'm not sure how in shape they can get him. I think there will probably be a digital assist, to be honest. I can't believe there wouldn't be, but in any case... Uh, they are looking at reprising a new Conan movie. Uh, they're going to act as if the Momoa movie never happened. And wow. Arnold is going to be starring as Conan in this movie. That's kind of ballsy, like riding on the coattails of a movie that you're going to pretend never existed. No, I had heard, though, and, and I'll admit I don't know much about this, and I am not being as big a fan of the Conan you know, franchise as you are. I haven't paid close attention. It's not that I don't care. I just, you know, sure. not top of my list. But I had heard that the trick was that they were literally going to look at an older Conan. Like, what happens when Conan gets old? Well, and that's the part that I'm very interested in. Because Conan, if you've ever read any of the original stuff, is set... I mean, he, he basically comes into it as a, a young man. And then the story is is told all the way through his life. So there's material out there. There is material out there. That'd be pretty cool. I and think. an old Conan would look like Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger now. now. Yes. In good shape. Right. Like uh, who had been, you know, I don't or, know, pillaging uh, or whatever or he does. Or since yeah. then. You know, I mean, he's he's not stopped the conquering. Uh, so I honestly... It could work. I'm kind of excited about that. I think it could work. Uh, he, Arnold is very excited about it. That's kind of cool, though. Yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty stoked. He can't and, be hurting, you know. I mean, if he if he's excited about, it, he probably really is, you know. Yeah, I mean, so he's he's always liked the role. It was one of the ones that sprung him. 
as as far as making him a a world name, and and he's pretty stoked about it. So, you know, laugh as you might, I'm I'm kind of excited about it. You know, I think it'd be cool. I liked the Momoa version. A lot of people didn't. Uh, I liked all the other older Conan versions. They were just different types of things. Uh, they say that they want to kind of set the tone like the first one, which was probably more serious and a little more hardcore uh, than some of the others. And yet not the change that they did with the Momoa version. Right, right. which... I hope they bring back James Earl Jones. I don't think he's going to be back. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's real proud of his first role. <laughs> I don't think it was one of the highlights of his career. You know, uh, I'm not sure, but the headdress probably got him. Uh, but it, it was. Uh, but that's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> that's the not best for him. It wasn't. Back. Back. I don't think he for was. You. I don't think he was real happy with that. <laughs> Honestly, it's not one of his his great thing that the pantheon of the James Earl Jones. I don't think this has a prominent. You know, you know what it. though? I had this. Um, I had two discussions recently that the this makes me think of. One was with some people in class actually about the idea of whether, like when a when a movie comes out that's based on a book. You know, and this came up in terms of Cloud Atlas because Cloud Atlas is apparently based on a book. I didn't know that. I, I haven't been paying attention. And uh, uh, and some people had said, hey, the book was really good. and I'm a little concerned that they'll screw it up. And I kind of caught myself thinking, you know, I, I, I guess I just don't feel that way because and some people were like this in the class instantly that felt like they were separate things. You know, they separate them. It's like I can like this and not like that. It's not like I have this one. Uh, franchise experience and and it's it's destroyed if, sure, if yeah. somebody interprets it in a new way that's not what I want and and I very strongly feel that way I feel like you know it, it's like your take on this right now just struck me as as I man I totally get that like I, I like the original Conan you know some of the uh, I, I'm not so sure about the second one was fun but you know it wasn't exactly my thing I like the Momoa version it wasn't exactly my thing either but right. it was kind of a fun take and there's going to be a new one that might have some basis for interesting I'm excited to see how they're going to yeah. interpret it you know yeah. and uh, the other conversation strikes me is that Audra and I got to meet uh, uh, Edo's on the forum a really cool uh, really cool guy he managed to, yeah, he's a long time listener. Yeah, he's a trail Jedi on Twitter. Ah, cool. Yeah, you should follow him. He's awesome. And he came uh, He came down to Dallas for a business event, and we got to see him. And we were talking to him, and he kind of said that, too. He was talking about how, you know, you look at these different things as they come, and it's it's just more material, you know? either you, Maybe you like it, maybe you don't, but uh, it, it adds on. Good and, to check out the material. You know? Yeah, and when I heard about this, and, and he had actually said that, too, was that he's like, I'm kind of excited for the upcoming, you know, for the possibility of, of uh, uh, Schwarzenegger as Conan yeah. again. You know, it might be good. And uh, I don't know, I guess... There are a lot of ways to interpret those those things. I'll I'll admit from where I sit now, uh, I've seen a number of of things that I came from stories that I already knew, and the interpretation did not do it for me. And I have to admit, it just never broke the original for me. Right? You know, it, it was funny. I I felt like uh, Spock Prime talking to E. Daz at one point. Because uh, we were talking about something, and he's like, I love living in the future. And I'm like, I know, right? I'm like, I say that all the time. And he's like, I know, that's where I got it from. <laughs> I'm like, I feel oddly self-congratulatory. <laughs> My normal greeting would be so oddly self-serving. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. 
That was awesome. But yeah, I'm, I, I think that could be really cool. I think so. I think so. I, I wasn't at first. At first, I'm like, oh, man. But then you read a little bit more about it, and you're like, okay, you know, I can I can kind of dig into that. That's, that's kind of And cool. while he's not going to look like he did when no. he was Mis- well, Mr. Universe to, you know? just a few years earlier, I got to tell you, don't fool yourself. He's in better shape than me. Maybe yeah, we'll imagine yourself. that, you know, 60- Conan had a little bit of a, b- a better life after that, you know? Yeah, or at least a more an leisure. ongoing one. Uh, <laughs> some feasts and some wenching, he's fine. <laughs> 60-year-old dudes can 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 get on it if they want to. Yeah, you know, I mean... Especially... Maybe, maybe Conan the Barbarian lived life as a SoCal politician for a while, you know? <laughs> Not to mention, if there's a genetic component to it, which a lot of people seem to think there is, he's got it. Yeah, I mean, so? the, dude, the dude's in better shape now at 60 than I am at 36, okay? So I'm not going to throw any stones at the dude, all right? Uh, so it's it's kind of cool. I have another... Well, you can't be. You cannot be 36. I am. I thought... Really? Yeah, since July. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought that you and I were closer in age. The Audra age report. <laughs> yeah, I know that was really interesting commentary, right? <laughs> I would like for that not to be true, but no. So how does it feel to be old, John? <laughs> to be old. Uh, I have a I have another interesting uh, bit of news. You know, uh, uh, forward onto Dawn, the uh, the web series and everything like that. You finally get the moment in oh, episode four. Thing, yeah, yeah the, it's the Halo uh, Machinima that's or the the Machinima's, web series Machinima sponsored Halo yeah. live action series. Right, right. thank you. Go. And uh, this episode four is the one you get to meet the first time Lasky meets Master Chief. Oh, oh nice. wow! And it is supremely cool. Now, is this during the uh, Spartan training before the suit? Uh, no, this is, Lasky meets him, uh, during, Master Chief has been recently deployed. I mean, just freshly. No one's even seen a Spartan before. And the Covenant attacks for the first time. The first time. And you, you see him and they hit the training camp, the Alliance training camp. Uh, so where they're training all the new recruits and everything like that. So the, the Covenant figures will just cut the head off the snake so that you cannot produce any more officers. Good call. And you will be disorganized and we'll flatten you. That's pretty smart for the Covenant. Yeah. Uh, well, that's before, we regret that you're an alien bastard. We regret that. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. before profits that's before. start getting involved. <gasps> yeah. So you get to see, you know, their actual strategy and it's working well. I mean, they just level this entire facility and everything. And mass, they send Master Chief after the entirety of all the ODSTs are wiped out, the, all the officers, all the, I mean, and it's basically four cadets, Lasky is one on the planet left. And uh, so the chief oh, arrives. You know, one Spartan, one war. Yeah. The chief arrives. And <laughs> we have and, a Hulk. <laughs> yeah, we have a Hulk. And uh, so the chief arrives and, and meets the four recruits that are left. And uh, he's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. What do we call you? You can call me Master Chief. Okay. And the Master Chief looks at him and he's like, we're going to be evacuating to a Pelican. Which of you, you know, which of us is the best shot? And the recruits look at each other. And they're like, "You, probably you." <laughs> and Lasky is the other one. He's got his head, you know. And he's like, "Okay, this person and this person can shoot." He's like, "Can you drive a warthog, Lasky?" "Yes, yes, I can." "Okay, we're going to do that." And you see Chief and and Lasky figuring this out. Well, mostly Chief, but Chief and Lasky figuring all this out. And you meet the Chief and figure out. And you know they're walking behind him, and they're like, "Why are we following a seven foot 
robot, you know? And they're like, well, because he has all the guns and he's killed everybody so far. So I think this is a good plan. You know? It's like that moment in Avengers. behind him is safer than in front of him. Why should I listen to what you have to say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, what we need is... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you, you meet... You, uh, it was really cool. The, the way they, they have uh, uh, Master Chief and, and you get to meet how he comes away. And you realize how old the Chief is, too. Lasky's an old man. And, like, you know, by the time Halo comes around, Lasky's 15, 20 years older. And you realize the guy in that suit is not young. I mean, this is, I mean, he's, let's say he's 20, 30 years old when he first meets Lasky. After that's 20 years later. So that is a 50-year-old Master Chief who goes rolling around in Halo 3. That's interesting. That's, because you put the timeline together. I mean, they give it to you. And you're like, Crap! You know that's that's a man. I got to go back and watch that. How long are the episodes? I don't know, about fifteen minutes a pop. Yeah, we need to catch up on those, Audra. That's really cool. I I haven't seen any of those, but I've read the novels. I read all the novels, even the painful ones. Yeah, and uh, but they focus on kind of times early in Master Chief's life, like like they there's a little bit of time spent. They talk about anyway his so his like training process before the suit. They give you about five minutes of that in one of the episodes and, and bring you up to speed on what a Spartan is. So are they like are they rewriting some of that? They might be. I don't know because I haven't read all the books. They I were don't know a if you really have canon in in a series like this where you don't have like you know yeah this but, isn't Lucas. But they tell you kind of how he was selected how he was trained, the fact that not a lot of them made it through. Right. A lot, a lot of them couldn't take it uh, and, and failed in the training or were killed by the process well, of becoming a Spartan. And if I remember correctly, it was a combination of selecting kids who had strong potential at very young age, yeah. like childhood, yeah. and then manipulating them with drugs and other things as well. Genetically... Drugs, cybernetic implants, right? Uh, the whole nine the, yards. The whole nine yards. I mean, he is not human. Yeah, I mean, really not human. No. Right. Interesting. Reminds me a little bit of uh, the biotics in Mass Effect. Yeah, the human biotics. It's it's kind of like that. Except and Ender's Game without all the all the junk. Yeah. And you can tell it's extremely painful to become a Spartan. Right. And uh, once and apparently there aren't a lot of them. I know that uh, when Halo 4 comes out, if you get the special edition, which is quite a bit more expensive, um, I know one of the things it includes is like a whole bunch of stuff. The the whole Forward Unto Dawn with like a, a little series talking about how they made it and everything. I probably won't get that because it's just, it's like 40% more yeah. ad- additional price than the standard game. And, and I'm... I'm kind of old, and I'll be happy with just the regular game. But. <laughs> I'm just like things cost more. Because old just people don't enjoy like uh, <laughs> cool ass material. I mean, well, and it's it was it was kind of cool, and the way that Lasky treats the Master Chief, you know, and the the recruits have never seen anything like that. Everybody they know has just been killed, and uh, they're like, and he leaves them for a time to go secure transport, and they're like, what if he doesn't come back? And Lasky just looks, follows where he left, last saw him, and said, he has to come back, and uh, he's going to. And they're like, how can you be sure? And he's like, because he doesn't have to. He doesn't even have to do what he's doing. He chooses to. So he is coming back. 
And of yeah, course he, I mean, and that's that's a given. Like I, I still remember very much in the in the novel, the part that just stuck out to me more. One of the novels that stuck out to me more than anything else was uh, was was that you know deploy of of him to a situation that was completely hopeless, essentially, and and everything there. And they had requested you know to be you know supplemented with additional troops, and instead of additional troops, they got. Master Chief. Master Chief, yeah. <laughs> and he drops onto the planet and, and, you know, the vast majority of them are not thinking because they've heard about Spartans by then. And they're not thinking, oh, crap, we got one guy when we asked for backup. They thought, okay, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> it's and enough. it it's was enough. indeed the case. You yeah. know, <laughs> I mean, they, he figured it out and, uh, you know, and, and turned the whole thing. Yeah, and he's doing that with this, you know, and his he's decided that this is going to be the thing he's doing, and and that's what he does, and it's it's really cool. I, it was like the for me, it was like the moment where you get to see Darth Vader put into the suit. You get to see mm, that's cool. You get to see the Master Chief, and I didn't even really care about the the early stuff. I mean, they show you his who he is, and they show you what he looks like and stuff like that, and that's cool. But, Turns out. Master Chief as a child was Alexander Roshenko. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap. Do you see this? Look upon death and remember. Oh, that's awful. I hate it. Always tough. remember. Can you imagine if that actually happened to you? I always, ha- I always have trouble Being the with son that. of Worf would suck. Yeah. Man. Uh, he is not exactly what you call a giving paternal figure, you know? Uh, kill this thing. Watch your dead mother, you know? It's that's got to be tough, dude. I mean, and that's the only being a a subordinate of Worf or a fellow warrior that would be worth it. Being the son of Worf, I don't know if I could be down with that. That is well, you get to meet him later on, and it didn't work out too well for him. No, it didn't. You know, uh, but uh, apparently, being the comrade of Master Chief works out pretty damn well if you can keep your head down like he tells you to. Yeah. You know? And and Cortana is right. Master Chief, what I like about all this is that it shows you that Master Chief is, number one, uh, elite anyway, and then number two, uh, augmented beyond hum- human capabilities, and then three, he is the best of those. Yeah. And that's why, that's why one person changes the course of history over and over and over again because, yeah. I you ever get a little bit of... Of, of the kind of Captain America feeling, maybe not quite as much, but a little bit like, honestly, I like, Hey, I like master chief more than Captain. America. Well, no, I mean, just in terms of not, not like judging them against each other, but like, like that idea that, that they essentially stripped away all his humanity yeah. and yet they managed not to like any other person would have lost all of it. Yeah. I and thought you were just, thinking of the, and he didn't. We asked for an army and we got you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I was thinking more like, you know, the fact that they had this process that should have completely dehumanized him. And, yeah, and it, didn't. it didn't. Yeah. Very and, much the opposite, actually. And I think I, I don't know that it I think with a lot of people it would have, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You know, uh speaking of what did you say, Chuck? Saving saving everybody like over and over throughout history yeah, or whatever. Changing um, the course, yeah. Yeah, changing the course of history. Uh, you mentioned earlier Cloud Atlas, and uh, there was just an interesting piece. Of, you know, as far as being a news item, it's just an interesting conversation that people are having about Cloud Atlas, which I've not seen yet. And Chuck and I both uh, want to see it. It You know, it's kind of hard to carve out the time because it's three hours long. Wow, and or, or just about three yeah, hours. Yeah, we've been trying to make time. Yeah, and I don't know. If that's that's a pretty big investment, right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
it, it looks really cool. And, you know, the basic premise of the movie involves a, a group, a cast of actors who are playing the same or, or the same actors playing different people throughout time, throughout different places around the world. So you've got like Tom Hanks and Halle Berry and Hugo Weaving and, and all kinds of people. And what happens is they're playing different characters from different countries. And what that also means is that you get people who are made up to look ethnically different than the actor sure. actually is. Yeah. And you can kind of see where that would bring in problems, you know, as it's as it's going to, sure. you know. Sure. And I guess one of the, the, the major thing that people are concerned about is um, has to do with the Asian characters. Um, there's. Let's see if I can find it. The the Media Action Network for Asian Americans are the ones who are particularly upset because even though people are generally accepting the fact that you can take these actors and make they're them... They're the man. Well, they're saying that, okay, people get the fact that these are the same actors and that you have to make them up to look different, right? Sure. We understand that. Um, but this particular group on behalf of Asian actors is saying... You know, they're kind of upset because there's a storyline, a really prominent storyline that takes place in like the year 2144 in South Korea. And they've got Hugo Weaving and a couple of other um, white actors made up to look Asian. And they're saying that, first of all, there's a lack of Asian actors in American cinema anyway, which is kind of an issue. But their their biggest concern was that they felt like the way that they made the white people look Asian was really oversimplified. Like instead of dealing with their hair and their skin complexion and texture and everything, all they did was put eye prosthetics on them. And and they were like, you know, it takes more to transform someone into an ethnic Asian than just an eye prosthetic. Um and there, I guess there was one Asian actor who was made to look white and they went through like gobs and gobs of like texture and all kinds of like intricate makeup. And they, they thought that that was a little bit offensive that people thought that it was so easy to become an Asian character, which it's getting pretty complicated, you know, with the premise of the movie. And, um, you know, apparently you do have, uh, black actors in like white face and, um, Tom Hanks at one point in like a darker skin, although it's not, it's not meant to make him look black, but m just meant to make him look like he has darker, you know, still white guy, but darker skin. And it's just really interesting because we've never had a situation like this, a movie that had this kind of scenario, I don't think. Well, at least one doesn't come to mind and it's got to be a little difficult to understand the, like you're saying, the complexity of it and how you're going to treat it and man, there's smarter people than me working on that, but I don't well, know. My brain just kind of freezes up because there's so many questions, you know, like when, when is it okay to do that? And this, um, this media group on behalf, you know, the Asian American media group was saying that people get really upset about blackface, but that they seem a lot more accepting of what they're calling yellow face, you know, which, I, I don't know. I want to understand more about it because it's hard to tell. Like, when are they being offensive and then when are they, when is it sure. art, you know? I think, you know, and I, I, it's always scary to wade into these things. I know. You know, I so know. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to try, but I'm willing to accept that I might be wrong as well. And if I am, I, I'm sorry, but you know, on one hand I can see the, the, 
I can see kind of historically how how blackface would be very sensitive simply because there were some very, very popular, very uh, over-the-top usages. Not cool usages. the minstrel shows. Exactly. I mean, it's like there is a specific point in history that, that... uh, that that causes a sensitivity to that, and they were um, designed not only to keep you know legitimate black actors from being on stage and screen, but also to make fun of and caricature black to dehumani- people. Dehumanize, yeah. this group. I mean, it was yeah. designed to do that. So, and and because we're talking about uh, uh, now, it you have it is worth noting that these movies see worldwide distribution now, and because of a worldwide communicate low cost, reasonably low cost communication network. I think we're more aware of that now. So maybe that's going to change things a bit, but, um, but that's probably the sensitivity. My first thought with the sensitive over sensitive, higher sensitivity for blackface than to, to yellow face or, or for that matter, brown face, which sees, Oh, we see a lot of, uh, as well. And then, um, from a standpoint of what's right and when it's okay and when it's not okay, uh, I, I can't answer that, but I, it does occur to me that the point is not the, is not the black face or the yellow face or the brown face. You know, the point is what, it, what, what's done with it and why that's what makes it wrong. Right, you know, right. if you having someone dressed up in some, now there are some that are, I think, um, well, let's put it this way. This, because there's a sensitivity to it, rightfully so. I think that the standards are higher than simple, practical, you know, what well, you meant well. That's not yeah, enough. I, but I mean, it's, it's interesting because, same- like, the most famous uh, performer of Peter Pan on Broadway was um, Mary, I can't remember her name, but it was a woman, right, mm-hmm. who played Peter oh, yeah. Pan most famously. And no one, I think, said, it's not fair that you're taking the job of Peter Pan away from a man. So... It's interesting. I'm not trying to justify See, like this he, at all. It's just we tend to think of it differently depending on who it is. Well, and, and another example of this came up uh, in the last week or two with, you know, when Saturday Night Dive did that Tech Talk skit. Yeah, with the, they, the Chinese uh, yeah, where they took, And it was funny. You have to admit where they, they had these uh, these. Uh, they were playing like tech writers who were just bashing on the iPhone five, you know, with all these, uh, you know, look and just pointing out all the flaws and, and then they made them confront some hypothetically confront some workers from the Chinese factory that put it together, who kind of, uh, sarcastically make fun of them for their biggest, biggest problem being that if you point the camera at the sun, you get a, a, a spot versus, you know, I can't eat and I get paid a dollar a day, you know? And they're like, oh, maps can't find, you know, you can't find your way somewhere with maps. I don't need maps because I live and work in the same place, you know. And and it was funny. But the point being that because it's Saturday Night Live, you know, they play all the parts. That's right. what they do. Their cast of players plays all the parts. So they so- played Chinese people and they did it in a in a bit over the top way and, and the simple voice and everything. I mean, it, it's on the line. You know, it's hard to yeah. tell because on one hand, it's a little bit offensive. But on the other hand, um, it's not like they were they were displacing, uh, you know, Chinese actors who they could have hired to play those parts because they don't do that. That's not Although you could argue that I don't think I've seen an Asian. Has there been an Asian member of SNL in like the last twenty years? And for that matter, if you're going to go there, the the I think the strong argument is that for the longest time they uh, Fred Armisen played Obama in blackface, right? 
you know, and, and now they have uh, Jay Farrow doing meaning it, that the, so. as soon as they brought a person on to the full time cast who was black, even though I got to say, no, he Kenan looked, Thompson's been on for years, right? He looks less like Obama than than uh, Fred Armisen in blackface, Fred Armisen yeah. in blackface, in very good blackface. I mean, uh, and I, you know, I think like looking back to, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm skipping around a little bit, but like you know. I, like you remember when Ted Danson did the blackface thing? He did blackface. I mean, like yeah. his face was painted black. He looked like, like a minstrel. Actor. Exactly. Those yeah. minstrel actors, they did not like try to look accurately like mm-hmm. another race. They just painted their face black and made fun of it. Yeah. And that's, Although I think he was wasn't he dating Whoopi Goldberg at the time? Which she was, was there weird. with him, I think. I know but, they they arrived at a party like yeah. that, you know. But I was it was like, what like, are you uh, doing? Yeah, that's that's just never in in, in good taste. I mean, wow. like Armisen, they did a good job. I mean, I didn't even think about it until a little bit in, and I'm like, oh crap, that's that's blackface. But then, uh, anyway, so big question. It's there's a lot of ways to look yeah, at it. Yeah, it's really interesting I because. I mean, the the Wachowskis are not known for being, you know, intolerant of diversity, you know, so uh, it, it's interesting. It's a I think we'll probably hear more about it. And as we see the movie, we'll be able to we'll be able to comment better. Well, I got one more piece in this real quick. Uh, I downloaded the Forza Horizon demo. Awesome. And uh, I didn't like it at first. Uh, and I figured out why after playing it a little while. Um, I can't customize the cars like I want to. Uh, which is the standard Forza thing. But when Shannon came in and started playing with me, and you get that two-player thing and everything, super awesome. Ah. So it's a very different take on on the whole racing thing. It's more like Midnight Club or you know something like that. Uh, it's sort of like a cross between Forza and Guitar Hero. Uh, to be honest, that it's, sounds cool. Actually, yeah, it's it's super stylized, and there's all kind. There's less there's less customization, but you focus more on racing. Uh, which is kind of cool. So it's not an a, accurate driving experience, but it's fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's you like a hamb- high school hamburger. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's not really a hamburger, but it does it taste good. good. You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. It's it's very much like that. So, uh, if you want the standard customization stuff, I would say stay with the standard Forza series. But Horizon looks great as an actual race. You know, it really caught me when you said that it was. The, the the Guitar Hero thing. Oh yeah. I mean, because I was thinking about that. Like Guitar Hero, it has nothing to do. Uh, with with the physical playing of the guitar for the most part. No, 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 no. But I mean, and that's the thing with driving games. Like, uh, you know, I always had been like, it's just playing with a controller is just not driving. Yeah. You know. But I and that I'll admit that's the first thing I thought when you said, "Oh yeah, Shannon and I played it." I was like, "Well, you don't have two controllers, so you're playing with." I mean, two wheels. wheels. You yeah. Know? No, we so were you were driving with, with controllers. controllers. Yeah. And it was it was a lot of fun, and really, it's the experience you're looking for, and the cool things you can do with it because it's it's hyper real. They're using the the Forza engine to power all this stuff, so, so it looks pretty. It looks well. Most of the car commercials you see today are actually 3D representations and renders of the cars. They're not actually wow. the really? like the yeah. I didn't know that. Look closely. Look like, at the shadows underneath the cars. It's not real. Like that that Mercedes commercial where you got the Mercedes like power sliding through the thing, and the camera goes straight through the window oh. you see the guy coming oh, out straight through either. the other yeah. any mercedes commercial you see it's not a real car it's a rendered car if you look at forza yeah, that's awesome yeah if you look at forza they're all hyper realistic because you can do that now you know i have to admit though that you know for a long time driving games have always been one of my favorite kinds of games Yeah, no, and yeah. even though i don't spend a lot of time like in in driving games now you know as i was growing up and playing uh, like Sega Genesis and then 
uh, PlayStation, the original, the the first PlayStation, um, and so on. Driving games were some of my favorite ones. Like there was uh, there was a NASCAR game that I loved, and it's you know I don't really care about NASCAR culture so much. Yeah, but, but the game was fun to play. The actual driving the cars, and I'm talking little, you know, PlayStation controllers which don't resemble driving at all. But they did a a, a good job, you know like replicating the way it feels, you know, like you could feel the, um, the understeer and the oversteer, <laughs> you could feel the vibration in the controls, like as you went over certain parts of the track and it was realistic enough for me that I played those games even before I actually got my driver's license. And I remember, you know, when I started driving for real that I know this sounds scary, you know, but I remember translating a lot of the the feel of things, the <laughs> mental feel of things. Like, for example, when I started driving a real car, I knew that there were certain things like as I went down a big swooping turn that I should slow down a little bit because I knew that the car was going to pull to the outside or I, you know, just dumb things like that that you wouldn't even think of. But I, I had like a mental kind of awareness that I probably wouldn't have had. And maybe that just sounds like a bunch of crap, but I, I no. always felt like I always felt like those games were realistic more so than people gave them credit for. And that translating from the little handheld, you know, paddles or, or controllers, you you can translate to some degree. Like the, the understanding of translate the, the, the physical and the physics understanding well, of it. Well you can you translate know? the decision making processes. Right. You right. know, because back in the day before, you know, you could you could make a good flight simulator with an Xbox, you know, um, they use things called procedures trainers, mm -hmm. you know, which was, or, or instrument flight trainers, which were like airplanes that, uh, you just have the cockpit and you can practice certain procedures, like learning where things are and building muscle memory for where switches are and where to look and things. And then instrument flight trainers where the instruments all did what they were supposed to do, even though you couldn't see out of the aircraft. So you could, you could take off and navigate and fly instrument approaches and stuff. And, and so there's a lot to be said for, even if it doesn't feel physically like the thing, you know, what you can learn from it. You know what else I learned from that? I learned about the, uh, the best, line of what do you call it like you know how on the the track in the game there's always like an oil spot where it's tire marks and stuff yeah it's like yeah. the best uh path around the racing line yeah the racing line exactly i learned that the fastest way from one point to another is not necessarily um you know like jamming on the accelerator and racing up to the well, light yeah, and the then stopping keep the most speed and be in best position to get around the track faster that's right so even today you know something i learned from a video game if i am you know trying to get someplace quickly instead of like speeding and, and jamming on the accelerator and trying to like outpace everybody i try to look at the lights and and time them so that i'm not stopping you know like, okay, if I go 40 miles an idea. hour all the way through, then I can keep moving. Yeah, and the lights are timed for 40. You know, they're also timed for 80. You know, you know <laughs> <laughs> I saw something, Sean. I'm sorry to skip around, but I, I saw something that actually is kind of like applies to the Cloud Alice discussion. Uh, we were looking at, at some uh, advertisements, again, in a persuasion <laughs> class. And one that of yellow them, car used to be black, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean you're going to love this cuz I, I it was a, we used to sit around the office when Sean and I were in this office all the time together. We used to sit around and play why is this not right? Mm -hmm. Which is which is entertaining as hell. 
um, and and fun. And and I'm not nearly as skilled at it as Sean is, but you mean I, with uh, graphics, yeah, with with pictures of people that have been modified yeah. for one reason or another, which is almost all pictures. Now. Yeah, and there's some real obvious. I know things. Sean is awesome. I look at it and I'm like, I don't know, it looks all right to me. And he's like, she has no hip bone. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> well, in this case, there was one like, and it's like, uh, you know. You wouldn't, I, I, and I, I want to say that it, it had to do with trying to suggest that people should go to uh, licensed estheticians, meaning these are, this is why I knew that when you mentioned it the other day, Audra. It was like, uh, they're like people who do, I don't know, like... Uh, Botox like, and stuff? Yeah, Laser exactly. Yeah, and, and that kind of stuff, right? Wrinkle and reduction. And in some places they issue licensing for them, and in some places they don't, which is really scary. But, because uh, guess what? You know, you could get hurt with that stuff. But the picture to was that you you looked to see you know it was like you wouldn't trust an unlicensed beautician you know and they show like this this hairstylist and it's this guy and he's like he's supposed to be he's kind of like a, he's a he's a fat guy right and I'm saying this because they made it on purpose trying to make him look bad right and he's got these clothes that are too small for him like stretching across him and his hair is all screwed up and he looks stupid. no a barber. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I'm saying, though? No, but he looks like a person who had who, who had done a bad style job on himself, which was the point. But here's what got me. I looked at that picture, and I'm like, something is wrong with this. What is wrong with this? And I'm like, this picture, the little Sean in my head was like, this picture has been modified badly, you know? And then I start looking at it, and the first thing I noticed right off was that if you look at the sweater and the lighting on him, the lighting is wrong on the sweater, meaning that he's not wearing that sweater. Right. But that's not it. Then you start looking closely. They made him fat. They they added fat to this guy in order wow. to make him look, and it was bad. Like, if you look at it, and I'm like, I, I'll be straight. I know. I've been fat. I know that is not how fat works, you know? <laughs> if you look at him, like, the places that are fat. That uh, does not move that way. No, yeah. it doesn't. I mean, gravity and fat have, have a connection here, and he his did not. And you're just like, I don't know, man. That bugged the crap out of me. I'm like, A, they made this guy fat, you know, to try to make a make a point yeah and b they didn't even bother a point that doesn't exist <laughs> yeah it really freaked me out yeah you got to be careful now that's it they do that with with image manipulation and they don't really take the time a lot of times to to really make it right or understand what message they're actually sending to yeah. anyone who knows how to look yeah. and that's the part that really bothers me yeah I, I caught myself thinking and this is Sometimes you wish you didn't think this way all the time. But I'll draw Shannon batshit crazy. My, my first thought was, okay, so whoever did this, this is their image of what fat is. Yeah. This is what they think is, is happening. Yeah. And just like when you see that, that woman without a hip bone and you think some guy thinks that a woman without a hip bone looks good. Yeah. What the hell? You know, this was me. And Isn't I'm, that the story in the Bible? Like God, you know, took a bone out of Eve's hip and gave it to Adam, so... <laughs> <laughs> flip that and it's a rib but yeah, yeah. but they do that too yeah, but they do that too yeah, well, yeah they'll give them like one too many vertebrae and you'd be like boy she seems enormously long oh they added they lengthened her she ain't that tall you know yeah so they do anyway that. she's a brachiosaur can you imagine some guy actually thinks that's what what does that say about what people anyway sorry or how dumb they to, think you are yeah i didn't mean to like well, <laughs> I have one scenario that I thought was really cool about the Horizon thing, and that's Shannon and I were playing it, and we were racing together, and uh, we were doing this co-op to win a race. And really, 
I neither one of us were going to win because I couldn't. I was in front, but I couldn't get in front of this thing. We were in a pair of Lancer, Lancer Evos, and uh, nice. She's like, "Can you win?" I'm like, "No, I can't beat this guy." She's like, "Well, how close are you?" I'm like, "Well, I can. I can. I'm up to his back tire." She's like, "Okay, if you bust him and just spin him around, I can win, and we'll still unlock the badge." This works for me. That's I'm so like, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm going to break him right, and you just hang to the left and just blow by us. Can you beat everybody else? She's like, yeah, I'm in third. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like oh, yeah, <laughs> this is going to work. So I tanked him around, and she comes around, and we released the car. I'm like, because it didn't matter who, which of us win. Both of us get the, the prize car if one of us wins. <laughs> so it's like, well, this is easy. You know, it was great. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I enjoy playing with racing games. That's, I mean... It would surprise me because Shannon doesn't play video games very often. She plays Guitar Hero and apparently racing games and some fighting games. But once I learn a fighting game, it's no fun for her. So, because I'll just beat her to death with it. It's like it. Audra and Yeah, it's and, true. I, I played against you in Tekken. And it, <laughs> it's like Audra and me in baseball. We used to play baseball games know, together until Audra just could like beat the crap out of me every time we play and it wasn't any fun anymore. <laughs> You're like, oh. Yeah. I stop playing, you know. Yeah, well, yeah, you do, you know. But if you can, but racing was was a lot of fun. So it's it's different than the standard Forza, and I think it's a lot of fun. I really do. Uh, but I have I have another piece that's that's kind of fun. Um, the Hobbit is is coming is coming right. Everybody knows this. Yeah, yeah, in December. Stephen Colbert will make a cameo. <laughs> oh, oh that's awesome! In oh, the my. Hobbit, and I it's uh. <laughs> Colbert's cameo will not come in The Hobbit, an unexpected journey, according to the source. The first film Jackson's in, or uh, first film in Jackson Warner Brothers trilogy. It's December fourteenth, uh, but the second film, The Hobbit: Desolation of Smaug, arrives December thirteenth, two thousand thirteen. And, I know there are uh, a lot of GW series who are very pleased with you for saying Smaug. There was a conversation the other day about... Is that not how you pronounce it? No, it is. That's, that's how you pronounce it? That's why I said they're pleased. Oh, Because okay. there was a conversation the other day about, you know, someone said it correctly and everyone's like, yay, you said Smaug correctly. <laughs> no one ever gets it right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, names like that I can probably get. It's like normal stuff that I have problems with. I grew up reading... Uh, uh, all kinds of fantasy books and all that kind of stuff. Ooh, which reminds me, I am reading a super... Well, I say reading. I'm listening to the audiobook. <laughs> be, I would watch the crap out of that movie. Uh, I'm listening to an... I've been really into Elizabeth Moon recently. She does... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole uh, uh, Vada Transport series. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh-huh. Vada yeah. Right. And uh, uh, I, I have a whole, like, the omnibus full of the Serrano stuff. And anyway, there is uh, one called The Sheep Farmer's Daughter. <laughs> And where it's about this this woman who leaves home because her father's dowered her to some dude she really doesn't want to marry, and she's like, "Screw you!" And at sword point, she like backs out of the door with her grandfather's sword in her hand because she will not marry this dude, and this and her father's going to beat her until she will. And she grabs the sword off the hearth from her grandfather, backs out the door at sword point, stabs it into the ground, and runs away to become a mercenary. And wow. it's about her life as. A mercenary and how she that sounds learns. pretty cool. What, what's it the name of that book? Super cool. The Sheep Farmer's Daughter. All right, I'm, gonna write, I'm writing this down right now. And it's by Elizabeth Moon. It's a series and amazing stuff. It is. She is super cool. Her name is Poxenarian, and she goes by Pox. Cool. Wait, P A X or 
I don't know how to spell it because it's audio. Oh, oh, the audio. That's the only reason I know how to pronounce that it. That is awesome. I don't, I don't it's know backwards. To, like, you know how to say it. I, I, know how how to say it. I have no idea how to spell it. So often I've been the other way. It's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like I was so embarrassed too. Like so we were talking about one of the schools that I thought might be fun to go to at some point, and And somebody was like, yeah, there's this one person there's ruining it. I'm like, yeah, I know who that is. That's a. I'm like, oh crap! I've never had to say this name before. <laughs> Mike, I can write it down. <laughs> exactly. You're like, it's 21 letters. I can spell it. This little yeah. head, no, it wasn't. This little thing is like ding, ding, ding over my head, jackass. You know, I <laughs> yeah. could just, I could feel it. Yeah, I can, I can pronounce it. I have no idea how it's spelled. But uh, she runs away and becomes a mercenary for this troop, and and she learns all about how to fight and how to deal with stuff, and and that she's, and it's not one of those things where it's like, oh, she runs away and meets her man. She has zero interest in any of the dudes or anybody who tries to court her or anything like that. She wants to learn war and how to fight and how to lead a troop and how to be uh, effective in combat and save people and do all that kind of stuff. So she does. And super, super cool. This looks awesome, Sean. It it came out in June uh, 1988, the series premiered. Uh, Poxenarion, P-A-K-S. E-N-A-R-R-I-O. Yeah, I'd have never got that. I never would have either. (laughs) Super cool. I I was just curious if it was like P-A-X, then that would be from the word that means peace. You know, but but it's not. She's definitely not about peace. No, P-O-X, which is... P-O-X, which, yeah, (laughs) disease, right? You know, she she first starts learning like weapons and and she gets her ass whooped and everything. And and she's like, okay, I'm going to learn how to use every weapon on the field that could possibly come against me. Tactics, strategies, all that stuff. And, you know, like her captains are giving her orders and, and she'll be talking with her friends. She's like, why did they give that order, I wonder? And they're like, I don't know, because they gave the order. You followed. She's like, yeah, but why? You know, why did this happen? How did? What if the battle had been conducted differently? What would have happened and everything? And her commanders see that and they're like, okay, since you asked, we'll explain it to you. You know, and she learns more about it and winds up doing some cool stuff. So really cool. I'm seriously into it right now which is not a surprise because i love the you know i love kylara so much that elizabeth moon did and uh this is pox is very different but very cool so i highly recommend it well one one last thing i definitely want to talk about is halloween is coming up right and yeah just a couple days now yeah in fact uh, people probably be listening to this either during or after and i just want to talk costumes for a minute any of you have to go to a costume party? Uh, n- not for me, but yes. Yes? Yeah. See, I, yeah, not me. <laughs> I don't this year. I had one little situation where like uh, one of my classes did a, uh, uh, hey, everybody needs to come in costume that day. And I was like, oh, crap. you know. And I had literally 10 minutes to run out the door. And uh, I was inspired by uh, actually one of my classmates a, a year back, uh, Sarah. She She would always... Uh, go when when there would be a costume thing she would just literally pick some stuff up and the spirit of it was so cool that you couldn't get upset about the fact that it wasn't like fancy right so uh so i i had to throw something together in a hurry but i wondered have you guys heard anybody talking about costumes or what they're going to do or anything like that uh yeah yeah i've heard some stuff um well for one squeak is going as hello kitty Oh, that's cool. Uh, I am going to that same party as I have to take Squeak as Kaniki. Who's that? Uh, from Greece. Oh, okay. Uh, you know the the Greece guy. The musical. Yeah. Oh, oh, the guy with the real long. Yeah, the curl. real long forelock curl the and everything thing. like that and everything. So I, I'm 
Bought some got, hairspray. I bought some hairspray and some some gel and stuff, and I'm going to do that because my bangs are long enough to do it. And uh, I got, you know, the Zippos we got a while back? Yeah. Well, I took the regulator out of it uh-huh. so I can do the high flame. Nice. You know, like Kaniki does. Yep. And uh, I'm borrowing a, a black leather jacket and everything. And uh, I'll roll up my pants past my ankles and stuff and, and wear loafers and, and the white T-shirt and everything and roll up a uh, pack of playing cards up in my sleeve. Nice. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going as Kaniki. <laughs> nice. That's Good awesome. Job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, I got nothing. <laughs> What's Shannon doing? <laughs> uh, Shannon is going as uh, a uh, commando. Basically, ah well, uh, yes, future, that would make what, sense. No underwear. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. She's doing future commando. Um, I think she's whatever gun she can get a hold of. I think she's going as a Stargate. Nice. Uh, uh, party member. Airsoft for the win. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've, we've actually painted up some. Uh, I've started painting up a uh, uh, air gun for her, or a uh, Nerf gun for. Her. Nice. So she'll she'll go as that. That's we awesome. watched the uh, the recent Big Bang Theory. The other day, and uh, Sheldon and Amy are, are dressed up. Wait, raggedy, oh, it's, oh yeah, raggedy, raggedy, C-3PO. Andy, or raggedy Ann and raggedy C three PO. Was and, this uh, or a hickey? I should have picked the hickey. Yeah, and Howard and uh, Bernadette are Papa Smurf and. Oh wow! And what's your name? Smurfette. Smurfette. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna be completely blue out of my Smurf for months. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that was hilarious. My favorite part of that whole thing was was. Uh, Penny like discovering science for the first time. Yeah. She's like, holy crap, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you can see letter to the back of his head. First of all, this is cool, but second of all, I've been telling you this for years. Yeah. I'm really liking the new season. Me too. Me yeah, too. It got yeah. awesome. Like starting with the second episode, it got really good. We uh we we watched the first one and as per usual it was a little bit weird and we we're kinda like, uh mm. And uh, Juan reminded us actually on the last F this week. I gotta we'll tell everybody that. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we did our last F this week, uh, uh, this week, this last week. But um, he pointed out he was like, "Yeah, but the first one's always screwed up like that because they always have this weird need to wrap up whatever happened in the previous season yeah, and so they, they do, do it onto the new stuff, and it's just awkward." And we were like, "Huh, okay." So we watched the next one. We're like, "Okay, that was awesome." Yeah, it's back. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was a good time. Wow. Look at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my wrist. I got to go. Look at my wrist. Oh, I guess we got to go. Uh, in this case, I could do that. But, I was going to uh, say, it's funny because Chuck has a watch on the other wrist. <laughs> he looks at the blank one. It's not blank. <laughs> but uh, no. So uh, uh, what do you say we just talk next week about uh, about Video Game Heroes? So we can yeah, have some more time. That's what we're going to do. That'd be great. Video awesome. Game Heroes it is. All right. I enjoyed the news. This was super cool. Hell yeah. Anything, super news. Super news. Anything to add here at the end, Audra? Nope. That's it. John? I'm good. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. On behalf of everyone here at GWC, thanks for listening. And thanks to all who make GWC possible, including producers Soleil, form moderators Badger Spoon, Pike, and Frack and Talos, GWC Book Club Maven, Casilda, and tech guru Juan Drew. Remember, if you'd like to share your opinions with the GWC crew and listeners, you can call us anytime at 214-296-9229, extension 701. You can also contact us via galacticwatercooler.com, our website and blog. But you should really spend some time over on the GWC forum. GWCers really are the friendliest people on sci-fi. And we're always re-watching or group reading something fun. You might even find a GWC meetup somewhere near you. 
GWC is funded by advertising and by listeners like you. For information on how you can donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash support. Finally, special thanks to Ferris and his friends Encoder and Jim Minadeo for GWC's sweet theme music. For more Encoder, visit them at myspace.com slash Encoder.